everyone. Welcome to the American Geographical Society podcast. I'm Catherine Cam. This is Youth Mappers, connecting through the map. Today we are joined by Dr. Patricia Solis, Dr. Nula Cowan, and Ms. Marcella Zabayos, three incredible women leading the Youth Mappers initiative. For our listeners who don't know, Youth Mappers is a network of more than 5,000 student mappers in 48 countries around the world. The mission of Youth Mappers is to equip students with the skills they need to be successful open source mappers, contribute to the resiliency of their communities, and ultimately become the next generation of global leaders. The Youth Mappers Network is experienced in responding to humanitarian crises, and the COVID-19 pandemic is no different. Many Youth Mapper chapters are engaged in providing vital data to decision makers on the front lines of the crisis, and ensuring communities where they live across the globe are prepared to confront the virus. So before we learn more about the work of Youth Mappers, let's get down to the basics. Youth Mappers is based on the concept of open source mapping. Nula, could you please explain what that means and how the concept is central to the Youth Mappers platform? Sure, Katie, I'd be happy to. Um, so open mapping is the idea that we create and we maintain a collaborative map, a world map in a crowdsourced way. And the platform that Youth Mappers uses is a wonderful platform called OpenStreetMap. And OpenStreetMap is the map equivalent of Google whereby you have contributors adding data in many different ways. Uh, the original way was they would go into the field with a GPS unit, they would collect tracks, they would bring that information home, they would upload those tracks to the live uh, online map, and then they would add information that they were aware of, such as the street names and things like that. And in recent years, the platform has gotten more advanced, and primarily now contributors, they trace information from satellite images, and they add, again, contextual information like street names or building names or, you know, premises like schools or town halls, things like that. They add all that important, important contextual information to make the map richer. And the beauty of uh, open source mapping is the fact that everybody is a partner in this. Uh, every, every contributor owns the data. Um, it's kind of like a common resource and anybody can contribute and make it better and anybody can then, uh, what we would say, validate or check on the contributions of other mappers. So it's a constantly uh, growing resource and it's a dynamic platform whereby, you know, things like Google, Bing, those maps, you know, they're owned by those companies. And even though they do invite you to add data and they are a fantastic resource, like ultimately that's not a community shared uh, product. Right. So that's it. That's open mapping. That's really great. And Patricia, how can you explain how the values of open source mapping led to the establishment and growth of the Youth Mappers Network? Well, you can see that how valuable it would be to have this kind of a resource where everyone contributes to and also owns the data as a community resource, as a public resource, especially when you have humanitarian issues pop up or development issues pop up. There are so many places in the world that uh, the fundamental data, buildings, roads, features, many, many of the attributes that, that can be stored in OpenStreetMap, that's just not available anywhere at all, whether or not it's on an open platform or on any other kind of platform. And so 
um, having the ability for people to, to use that in a disaster, in response to a disaster, in development needs, economic development needs, uh, in a pandemic like what we're experiencing now, um, it's just an incredible uh, real-time response resource and tool for everybody to use. Sometimes we think of OpenStreetMap as a, a, a mapping platform, but sometimes we also talk about it as a database. Uh, and, and often, those of us who work with it, we talk about OpenStreetMap as a community. In truth, it's really a community of communities and the people who are really concerned about those humanitarian and development issues is a really important community that has led to a lot of information and data and use from that data to really be put in place through OpenStreetMap in recent years starting with um, you know the uh, earthquake in Haiti um, in Kathmandu and uh, we mapped a lot in, in for in Africa uh, and to support malaria campaigns because you really need to know where are people living where are their houses where are their buildings and where are the roads to get there and then once I get there what am I going to find how many floors of this building what is the address of this place is this road going one way or is it a two-way road how big is it there are many different kinds of things that we can uh, learn and share. So when we wanted to start Youth Mappers, we realized that there were a lot of um, actors in the academic sector that were interested in this and contributing both in terms of wanting to help it authentically um, to actual development and humanitarian projects, but also for our own research and our own learning. So uh, we established Youth Mappers as a way to uh, establish a, a name for that voice and make sure that the students were leaders in that. We really believe that young people are not just leaders tomorrow, they're leaders today. And if we can kind of create that space and name that space in that community of communities, then we have a really powerful resource and energy to move that MAP project forward. And you guys are all over the country. Can you speak a little bit to how many chapters of Youth Mappers are engaged in these projects? Absolutely, we have right now um, more than 200. It's about 208 in 48 countries. And uh, that's all over the world, right? Uh, in the United States, we also have 30 or 40 uh, chapters. Um, we have them in every region, Latin America, Africa, Europe, Asia. And basically the energy and the interest of students wanting to come together and work together inside of that space is what really carried this, this through. It was, it was uh, you know, just an effort that uh, happened sort of organically by word of mouth and by people being interested in it. We've added a new university um, just about every week since we founded it. Students create their own chapters on their own university campuses and faculty help advise them and guide them just like a regular student organization. So the students are leaders, they're the officers, they manage their own activities, but we provide the framework for connecting to the humanitarian world. What are the actual needs for the, in the map? What are some research opportunities? Uh, we have fellowships and learning and leadership opportunities. And then just a communications where everyone can see each other. We have a dashboard where we can see that these 5,000 students have created like nine, 9 million buildings, uh, 150,000 kilometers of roads and 50,000 entities and named entities in that map, just, just these young people who have been dedicating and volunteering their time to the effort. 
the Youth Mapper's activity map is really incredible to be able to watch all this connectivity across the globe and kind of see in real time how these mappers are making changes to the world map. That's right. So it's great to visualize, but Marcella, can you give us an idea of what the mission looks like on the ground? How do Youth Mapper's chapters actually operate? Thanks, Katie. So students in the chapters create geospatial data in a few ways. Um, one of them is through remote participation and this looks like adding attributes to the OpenStreetMap to support larger USAID initiatives. Um, they also lend their efforts to mapping campaigns organized by some of our partners. Um, they also engage in in-person data collection, um, ground truthing, which is verifying if what's on the map is actually on the ground. Um, and then chapters will also organize mapping projects to address a local need. And so these projects are generated by student action. And just in the last two months, chapters have organized projects in response to COVID-19. Um, the Hudson Valley mappers at Vassar College created the Duchess Community Resources web map. And it shows locations of community resources and businesses in Dutchess County, New York. Um, and this includes health services, so hospitals, medical clinics, um, pharmacies, and uh, mobile coronavirus testing facilities, as well as food services, food pantries and meal programs, um, grocery stores, restaurants, farmers markets, that sort of thing. And the student officers in this chapter consulted with community partners, including nonprofit staff and city government officials um, in the city of Poughkeepsie in order to design an interactive map product that would benefit multiple audiences. Um, and the cool thing about this is that the information is updated daily by a team of collaborators um, and the Hudson Valley Mappers chapter intends to expand this data set to include neighboring counties. Um, and the student officers have a blog sort of detailing their process that's located on our blog um, for anyone to check out and learn more about how they organize this activity. And uh, a few years ago, the University of Cape Coast um, partnered with the Soybean Innovation Lab, which is part of the Feed the Future initiative implemented by USAID. And together they worked with researchers to generate GIS data on the spatial distribution of the soybean value chain in Kumasi, Ghana. So students, with the support of their faculty advisor um, and the researchers, decided how to go about mapping this value chain, um, which tools they would use, the questions that they would ask um, in their community surveys to collect data on the availability of soybeans, the price of soybeans, and storage and processing capacity of these soybean processing plants. So it really got them out in the field. They were able to speak to farmers and distributors and employees of these processing plants. So the whole process really integrated pulling knowledge from their coursework and applying it directly to a real world situation where they had to engage with their community and organize data in order to understand a bigger project. Um, so students really operate in these innovative ways in their community using all of these geospatial tools. That's incredible. Incredible to hear about the ways that these mappers are engaging with the map. So Youth Mappers is a great platform to engage college students in humanitarian and development work, it sounds. Can you all discuss how the programs make college students and even college campuses more geographically, socially, and technologically aware? Um, yeah, Katie, I'm happy to, to begin to speak about that. Um, I think I'm going to focus first on the socially aware part and how we uh, kind of orchestrate that through Youth Mappers. Um, Patricia really focused on the social earlier and you heard Marcella there, she just mentioned something called mapathons and I want to explain a little bit what 
uh, these are. So mapathons are essentially mapping parties or map gatherings where you have a group of students that come together and it's usually around a very specific cause or challenge. And they pick a time and a location and they basically set up almost like a party type atmosphere. They typically have music and they may have some food as well. Um, and they set themselves some goals and challenges around getting a particular area mapped. Uh, we have done probably hundreds if not thousands of these at this point uh, with our own universities and then also our extended chapters. Um, I think one of the first mapathons that um, I was involved with we actually worked with USAID and uh, my local university uh, to map buildings in Kathmandu in Nepal. And this was actually before the earthquake, but we were working with a local organization called KLL, Kathmandu Living Labs. And it was very rewarding to see that that data became the cornerstone of open data for that city after the earthquake. Um, but we've also worked on smaller projects with uh, professors in our university to map rural communities. And our students have also engaged with other student orgs on campus who would be non-geographers or maybe non-scientists. And they found a topic that those students were passionate about and it was a topic that may need open data. And they would bring those students in, they would say, we'll create data for you and we'll also train you how to create that data. So that's kind of the social side of it. It's social, it's academic, um, but it's also learning. Yes, and that is most one of the most fun times that we've had with our mapathons is when we can actually connect perhaps with another chapter in the network. That's, I think, the beauty of consolidating these as different student chapters rather than discrete student organizations on their campuses. Uh, you know, it, it supports them to understand what's going on in the part of the world that they might be mapping if they're mapping remotely for some other event that's happening on the other side of the world. They can actually connect to their peers and map together. Youth mappers are actually encouraged to be um, organizations that uh, attract students from all across campus in any kind of field. Um, because frankly, to do some of this work, it doesn't really require a degree or a major, an emphasis in GIS. Sometimes you can contribute in very small ways for the technology is actually very quick and easy to learn. So this opens up the pop possibility for geography programs to um, bring in new students, bring in new life, create a greater at attraction in their own classes their own programs. We've had students change their majors uh, after they've discovered it through youth mappers on campus. And that and the larger picture not only brings in more students to geography, but also to STEM in general. Um, we often find that there's um, a gap in uh, sort of a gender gap in the technology use. Um, women and girls are socialized to think that oh, I can't do this, or that's tech is not my thing. Uh, when in reality, they perform just as good and better sometimes than their male counterparts. There's just a confidence gap. And being able to map for some purpose, the humanitarian purpose, helps us connect better um, those skills and those um, uh, talents that women and girls in particular have to contribute um, to STEM, to geography, to GIS, because they're focused on the humanitarian purpose, and that um, gets us past that confidence te and technology gap that we've been measuring. You know, and that's true for everyone, honestly. Um, I have 
I, I noticed this in my students and I did a little bit of an experiment with some new students to see how the purpose made a difference uh, for them in understanding both the technology and uh, the, the geographically and socially aware um, aspect of your question. And so half of the, my students, I didn't really tell them what the purpose was. I just taught them how to use the technology. And then the other half, I taught them not only the technology, but I explained the whole program about youth mappers and the purpose and why we were mapping in the location that we were mapping. And then I compared the differences on some surveys and the differences in performance. And, and basically, there wasn't a lot of difference in the ability to perform technically, but there was a great deal of statistically significant difference between their satisfaction with the work. I did a battery of empathy questions. They increased their empathy responses as a result of having done this work. Um, they statistically significantly rated the importance of being a global citizen and acting as a global citizen much higher for the, the students who knew what the purpose was. So we really believe that not only is it uh, a program that builds not just maps, but mappers, but also opens up this opportunity as using the map as a window to the world, becoming a global citizen, using those soft skills as well as those hard tech skills. That's wonderful. Thanks, Patricia. And Marcella, did you have some details to share about one specific program of youth mappers called Let Girls Map? That's right, Katie. Patricia mentioned that um, women are typically underrepresented in STEM fields. And so I guess like our answer to that is Let Girls Map. It's a youth mappers campaign that encourages female mappers to participate in mapping. Um, and it motivates our chapters to create more inclusive mapping communities on their campuses. Um, there's a special emphasis on International Women's Day, which is March 8th, and International Day of the Girl in October. And students typically organize campus activities under the banner of Let Girls Map. So they host mapathons. They will arrange panels with guest speakers featuring women in their local geospatial geo community. Um, and, and humanitarian mapping really provides an opportunity for women to use you know, their skills, their tech skills, um, to update the map by adding attributes that make it a little bit more equitable. Um, and so while we encourage youth mappers to map locally, we also support uh, remote tasks. And this year, one of the newer tasks we have is a series in Sierra Leone where chapters in Sierra Leone are working with researchers at Arizona State University to map power distribution grids. And this new data will help researchers understand existing electrical grid infrastructure um, and allow them to make informed decisions when designing mini grids for rural electrification. You know, universal access to reliable electricity is not a gender neutral issue and many communities struggle with access. Um, so hopefully these mini grids will provide more reliable power to towns um, that are a little off, further off of the national grid. It's just an incredible story. And for our listeners who are interested in learning more, we'll post some links to these programs so you can get involved and, and learn more. As a female geographer myself, I really appreciate programs like Youth Mappers trailblazing the way ahead um, for, for equitable involvement in geography. Um, so I wanna turn a little bit to how these skills prepare some of your members for the workforce. These are some really important technological skills as we move forward and data analytics becomes a bigger part of our lives and in the workforce. Can you explain a little bit how YouthMapper specifically prepares their members to enter the workforce? 
Yeah, sure, Katie. I'd be happy to to speak to that. I, I think there's lots of uh, different life skills here that the students are exposed to through their time with youth mappers. Um, obviously, there's the tech skills. You know, we've talked about those already. The actual mapping. You know, the students learn image interpretation. They learn how to digitize. They understand what a data model is. So even if they didn't start out as geographers or computer scientists, they have like this new set of skills that is quite marketable. There's definitely like research skills. Um, many of our students will apply this type of mapping and these open mapping techniques or workflows to let's say maybe their senior thesis. And some of them even get funding to our research program. So they learn how to plan research programs with a mapping component. They learn about field data collection and all the ethical considerations that go with you know, mapping where somebody is. Um, but there's definitely also the organizational leadership and management side as well. You know, you're, you have self-organized youth groups here. Um, they have to deal with recruitment of new members. They have to deal with training and how you keep the people that you have consistently engaged. And, and that's not an easy thing to do. Um, they do outreach to local community groups or, or potentially like other student groups within their university to see, you know, how can they apply the skill that they have, this mapping skill, to real world needs or, or local problems. So I think that's also so really important. Um, and, you know, to kind of add to this, just anecdotally, um, I want to say something that speaks to the kind of the community that is OSM and, and our wonderful Youth Mappers Network. Um, I have been with the World Bank for a couple of years now. I started with a university and, and I was with them when we started Youth Mappers. But for the last few years, I've, I've been with the World Bank. And when I was traveling in Ghana, um, I was looking to meet one of our local uh, Youth Mapper leaders. And we try to do this, Patricia and I and Brent and the other members we know are going to travel. We try to see if we can uh, reach out to, to any of our chapters. So I met this young gentleman and I was incredibly impressed by how just how knowledgeable and mature he was um, and all the work that he had done on a volunteer basis through Youth Mappers and just in general, because he really had this like, you know, development focused outlook to the work that he did. Um, and while I was in Ghana, it was for planning a larger project. And I said to the young man, I was like, OK, there, there may be an opportunity for you here. He was soon to graduate. Um, and to make it a short story, he, there was an opportunity, he got a job through that, and even though it was a short contract to do with the bank, we were so impressed with him, we hired him and now he's my colleague. So I, I think, you know, that's just a wonderful testament to what this network is and the type of people that we find through it. Absolutely, Nula, you're right. I enjoy it so much when we get to meet with our um, mappers around the world and I, I think about all of the uh, students that have been in as part of our research fellows program and our leadership fellows program and they're going on to do amazing things in their own regions and beyond and they've really stepped up as leaders in this field we've seen um, for example Tim Adayo in Nigeria just become one of the top uh, space science um, researchers in West Africa. Uh, Maliha in Bangladesh has worked now with uh, the United Nations and is doing, uh, using these skills and teaching people um, around SDGs and, and how mapping for uh, women and um, development is just uh, really critical. And so they're spreading their abilities beyond, I think, any place that we had even imagined 
um, that they could take it. We do have a program to capture that and feed back into the network called Regional Ambassadors, where any of the students who have been part of our programming and our training uh, can serve in their own region as leaders, as alumni of the network and um, sort of build in that support. That's another really important thing that we're trying to be cognizant of the workforce and the capacity in the countries uh, where our students live because they're a force to be reckoned with. Those are some great stories and I, I love to hear about how people are getting um, involved and using this as a platform to kind of jumpstart their future. So Youth Mappers is really poised and experienced in handling humanitarian crises. I'd like to hear a little bit more about how you all are activating your network to respond to the COVID-19 crisis. That's right. Youth Mappers is supporting the Global Health Sites Mapping Project through our hashtag MapForCOVID19 campaign. Um, and Health Sites is an initiative to create an online map of every health facility in the world and make the details of each location easily accessible. So through the Health Sites platform, students can directly add a health site, a clinic, um, hospital, or a pharmacy in their community. Uh, or if the site is already on the map, then they can add additional information such as uh, the address or a phone number, hours of operation, or any other helpful information. And Patricia created an instructional video where she walks through the process of adding information to health sites, um, emphasizing that students should add information they have personal knowledge of, either from previous experience or it's just sort of a place that they've always gone to. You know, we're not asking students to go out and verify this information in person with all of these restrictions in place. That's incredible. Thanks, Marcella. And now we want to hear directly from a youth mapper how they are using this platform to respond to COVID-19 in their community. We have testimonial from Youth Mapper Regional Ambassador Maria Fernanda Peña Valencia from Medellin, Colombia, who shared a little bit about the experience of her chapter during the pandemic on a Youth Mapper webinar that featured chapters from around the world and how they responded to COVID-19. I'm going to talk about a project that we've been carrying out in, in my city. It's called Mappers for Med. And Med is because my city where I live uh, is Medellin in Colombia, uh, where we need to map and generate geographic information and data that can be useful to face the different challenges and problems of the city. But the idea is to involve citizens, generate this culture of mapping and open data uh, that could become a, a tool for all the citizens. We were going to start this month in April. The idea was to, we were going to start with the air quality problem that we, had in our, we have in our city, but this COVID, COVID thing happened and suddenly we were all in quarantine. Uh, but we saw this more as an opportunity than a problem. And we said, okay, now we don't have to deal with the logistics of finding a location, or we don't have to focus and think about projects. Now it will be online and it will be about COVID. So we tell people, nobody knows your neighborhood as you, as you do. So we need your help. We need your help to add these elements of the city uh, in the map. We have an online guide step-by-step step, uh, of these tags that we need, like hospitals, pharmacies, college, universities, um, social facilities where we can find vulnerable people like 
old people, kids. We also are adding these supermarkets and also convenience shops. Um, this is like a big task because it's the entire city, but we're, we're working on it. Uh, two days ago, we had a meeting with this uh, person and he, he works, he's working in other projects related with COVID. And one of the project is uh, uh, they're doing predictions, models to do predictions about the behavior of the virus in the city. And they just, and he just said to us that, um, uh, so they are already using some of the information that we've been adding. And that's what Mappers for Med is about and what we're doing to face COVID here in our city. And that is just one example of the great efforts to combat the crisis happening in youth mappers chapters around the world. I'm sure our listeners are interested in getting involved. Patricia, could you let us know how they can join a youth mappers chapter or support these response projects? Well, specifically with the COVID mapping, it's really quite simple. You just watch the video and you can create your own OpenStreetMap username and contribute directly. Um, for those students who are on campuses who want to create a, a chapter, it's really quite easy. We can affiliate existing student groups if they would like to just affiliate something that they've already, uh, a group that they've already had established. About half of our chapters do that. And then another half of our chapters just create their brand, a brand new student organization. We have all sorts of resources for that. Uh, including how to actually create one, bylaws, constitution, um, leadership ideas, best practices. We can connect you with other Youth Mappers chapters and other places too to get some ideas on how you might create this on your own university. It's really quite simple. It's free, um, and uh, you know, membership is is just based through those chapters. Faculty too are a very important piece of our network. Um, they can help us establish, find some of your students who are those champions and encourage them to get involved. Read through the blogs to be inspired. Um, follow us on social media to see what else you can do and get involved in. There's always something new going on. We have our Let Girls Map campaign. We have the coronavirus response campaign and um, all sorts of other initiatives going on all throughout the year. Thanks so much, Patricia. And thanks everybody for being here today. I think that the Youth Mappers platform and, and programs that they offer is just such an incredible way for our community to get involved and to get youth mapping across the world. I think that that can really inspire some of our students of geography to make a difference. So thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.